And welcome back to the Advice from Hannah show. Today on season 2, episode 82. <laughs> that makes sense. We have Paola Ramos from Miami, Florida, owner of Perceptive Counseling. She works with children, adolescents, and adults on life changes, behavioral, and emotional issues. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. This episode is going to be lit and I cannot wait for you to listen to us. So are you ready? Let's go. And welcome everyone back to the Advice from Hannah show where genuine conversations happening and real emotions are shown. This week, we have yet another phenomenal guest, Paola Ramo, owner of Perceptive Counseling in Miami, Florida. Paola, welcome! Hi! Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be talking in your podcast today. I am overjoyed to have you on here. Like, I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I've been waiting. Um... So Paola and I met through Instagram and mm-hmm. she reached out to me on DM and I fell in love with her instantly because she's the cutest little thing and she's also Dominican so you guys already know yes. how I feel. <laughs> I and, saw your Dominican flag and that's why I DM'd you right away. I was like, she's my people. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been we've been chatting ever since so I'm really excited. Welcome home. I'm really happy that you're here and that you're Thank able you. to share some wisdom with us. Um, Thanks. So... Just for context reason, if you could just describe yourself a bit, what is the genesis story of perceptive counseling? So I recently graduated from my master's program. I've been in the field working for almost seven years in mental health, and I worked for an agency. And agency work tends to be a little bit, you know, hard, very demanding. And I was looking for help to help people in a different way, in a different scenario, like that I could have a little bit more control. So I just started to working in private practice. So I work, I have my own private practice called Perceptive Counseling in Miami. Hopefully soon I can also provide therapy in Dominican Republic. I would love to go back to my country and help out because that's something that we're missing. But I work with children, adolescents and young adults. I help them with life transitions, you know, career counseling, any type of um, kids, if their parents have been divorced, if someone's going to college. Um, I usually work with, as I mentioned, children, adolescents, and young adults up to like 35 or 40 to work with any emotional as well and um, life and just life transitions, changes, just in general, you know, working with anxiety, working with depression, making them feel safe so they can be able to express how they're feeling and we can get to accomplish those goals and where they want to be at. So that's like my practice. I like to help people and mostly of different ages that I've already been able to go through so then I can be able to help others and you know just mama no ayuda <laughs> yeah so you wanna you wanna lend a helping hand for those that have yeah. go, that have gone through what you have gone through in yes. retrospect yes so what prompts you to career to pursue a career in psych, it's psychology right i can call it that I know there's yes different names mm-hmm. um what, yes, yes did you just wake up one day and you're like i'm gonna be a psychologist or was this something that you've always wanted to do Actually, no. I, in fact, in Dominican Republic, I started medicine in 2010. Um, and I just had this one course after like three years of studying medicine. 
um, psychology. And it changed completely my perspective of what I wanted to do. So I had then to go home, tell my mom. My mom was like, of course, if that's something that you want to do. And then my grandfather was a little bit not that happy. You know, we had a little struggle there. But then I decided to pack up a suitcase, um, move to Miami. And I started at FIU. I had um, I had completed 70 credits from Dominican Republic, and they were able to convalidate those. So I only had to do like a year and a half for my bachelor's. And then I completed a master's at NOVA. The change for me, I don't regret it. I love that I made this change for me, but I did learn a lot because of family, because of other people telling me maybe you're not going to get there. You're sure you want to change. You're already this age. So it was tough, but it, I am really happy that I was able to listen to myself, my intuition, and just go for it. And that's something that I like to tell everybody. Just follow your instincts and do what you want to do. So that's what happened. I studied medicine. It happens that there was this Thursday, and it was a Thursday. I was taking a class, and it was my first intro to psychology, and it completely changed my perspective. A month after, I was already on a plane um, moving to the dorms at FIU. <laughs> so when you decided to make the change and you had this conversation I, I noticed that you, you said your mom was cool with it mm-hmm. but when you had the conversation with your grandfather because whenever we are making a change there's always one person in our family or close to us that holds us at a very high standard so when we mm-hmm. want to change something there's always resistance how did that conversation go for you and how did you feel after um, telling him that you didn't want to pursue medicine anymore so I first spoke to my mom, and then I, it was maybe a couple of weeks that I actually was able to talk to my grandfather because I was really, you know, looking for the words that I was going to tell him. He, I grew up with him, and this is something I forgot to mention earlier. My family members, they're all doctors. For example, my grandfather, my grandmother, my mom, and my uncle. So as a, yeah, as a young child, I always thought that that's something that I wanted to do as well. But it turned out to be that when I you know, saw this career in psychology, this course, I saw that that was my actual like what I actually wanted to do. So when I, yeah, my passion, yes. So when I spoke to him, he was not happy. I'll be honest with you. I did not have his full support maybe after a couple of months of me already living at FIU. And it was very hard because he was very, we've always been very close. But he thought that, no, that I should have studied medicine, that why was I going to change career? And as him being so important in my life, it was extremely hard for me i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna disguise it or lie it was extremely hard he did end up understanding and now he's like on board with it he's excited he's excited that i got to go back to my country anytime soon as well to pursue my to pursue um psychology over there but it it was for sure not easy for him and for me as well I, i moved here and i felt lonely sometimes you know i talked to my mom a bunch of times uh crying but just because i missed them i was still happy of the decision that i made because I was being able to study what I wanted to do. And I had this tendency of being a little bit of having a little bit of freedom and not being in that circle that they're all doctors and I have to do what they are doing, you know? So that's something that I'm proud of. So you were a bit of a rebel. I'd like to say, because mm-hmm. since we're, since we're Latinas, I know that whoever's listening to me and, and they are like of Spanish descent, they understand mm-hmm. that when we want to forge our own way, it's like, it, it, it's impossible. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get so many things said to you that you're not going to succeed, that you're crazy, that this is just, you know, an idea that you have. Mm-hmm. And so you went to Miami by yourself to pursue this without the blessing of basically the person that you most admire. 
Mm-hmm. What did that do to your self-esteem? Because myself when I, I got married at 21 and when I got married mm-hmm. my uncle was like no 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 um he didn't approve of my marriage um it took him like five years to finally get to like my husband and it was very difficult for me to comprehend why he didn't approve of what I was doing mm-hmm. um so with that how did you with me I'm stubborn and I said this is what I'm doing and you're gonna have to deal with it mm-hmm. but how did you what were some coping mechanism that you use when you're going another way than the path that was set for you yes as first as I mentioned it was really hard I I had always the support of my mom which I you know I thank her for that a lot um the reason that I actually had to like move here and there was no other way of me doing it in the Dominican Republic was due financial reasons and because I was an American citizen then I got the idea of coming over here and using my you know um, financial aid and all that to get that help because again I was studying something completely different and they had already spent of course some money already on my education so I knew that I had to you know it was uh, was the it was like the best option for me to be able to complete or do you know pursue my passion for coping skills I learned a lot on working on myself I had to you know I being away for for that time made me understand more my body um, I would take walks in the morning. I started reading and finding some spaces where I can feel comfortable, where those were things I didn't feel because I was you know, maybe at home or I was like, you know, stuck in, our, in my bubble over there doing whatever I had they, they thought I had to do or wanted me to do. So it was getting more mindfulness about myself, my body. I started eating different foods. I was feed, eating well, giving myself permission to eat, you know, different types of food as well. Um, walking, exercising, reading, which I didn't have as much as before. Um, something very important that I was always trying to talk to my mom and my grandmother as well. That was, that's, that was huge for me because they were huge supporters of my decision. Um, my grandfather eventually, he, he got on board, but that was something that made me feel sad every, every single day. Cause I wanted to speak with him. I wanted him to tell me that everything was okay. He ended up understanding, but I, I understand he had this, set up already that I was going to become a doctor as well, just as my mom and my uncle. But I guess because I, you know, I, I didn't do it. He then felt like I lost her, you know, and I used to tell him, you know, lose me. I'm right here. You know, I'm, I'm doing something different. So it took me a while for him to completely understand what I was doing, but it took a while and it helped me at least understand more myself and my body. So that, that's, I'm also very proud of that. And I'm proud of you for pushing. I am, Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm listening to you right now, and I'm like, oh, my God, the crap yeah. this girl must have taken to to go on Miami. I'm, I'm pretty sure you went on mm. the plane and you bawled your eyes out because I would have. Yeah. Oof, yeah. I still have the picture of when I was saying bye to my mom and my sister and my grandfather. He did end up taking me to the to the airport. He did. He did. But, you know, it was not like um, he didn't wish me well and all that, but it took us a while like to talk, actually. Like, how are you doing? You're doing good. How is it going? And, you know, I understand that you understand, you know, he's older. I respect that. That's something that we always are, are taught. We have to respect our elders, you know, even more in the, in the, in the Hispanic community, even more. Um, as you mentioned, he did see this as a sign of being a rebel. Of course, he understood when it was, we talked about financial reasons. But yeah, for him, it was, you know, a rebeldia. You know, she's just leaving because she feels like that's what she needs to do. But then he, there's this pattern that most families as Hispanic have. So I do this, you do this, you do that. If you want to do something else, okay, but it must be like related to this because I said so. 
So I was actually like the first one in my generation to actually like, not the generation, to actually break that. And it was helpful because even all all cousins that I have that are very close to me were able to pursue different different careers as well. I was able to break that because if not, we were all going to end up in that same pattern. Yes, which I which I was studying medicine to be a psychiatrist actually, but then I just saw what actually psychology was and the mind, and that's was like I want to. Yeah, I totally understand that. So you you brought up a really valid point. So where I was born in the Dominican Republic, but I was mm-hmm. raised in Toronto since the age of five. So I didn't mm-hmm. really get the cultural experience that you did, um, mm-hmm. but I would see it when I would travel there, and it's. You know, normally females there mm-hmm. are oppressed. Yep. Like we're not able to, like that. I I say we because I sometimes identify as, as them. Like you know, they're not able to dress mm-hmm. a certain way, do a yes. certain thing, um, go on their own, live by themselves. Like if you're gonna leave your house, traditionally mm-hmm. you need to leave your house to to live with your husband. Yeah. And they never really get to live on their own, like to make their mm-hmm. own path. Um. How would you perhaps advise somebody who's in your shoes right now on how to break that mold? That's a very important question. And at the same time, very scary for others to try because I know it's hard. You know, breaking that mold is um, disappointment for others is what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? It's it's so much but it's so important now nowadays to think of of ourselves, feel our own emotions. There's so many ways that we can learn how to listen to our emotions and feel them because we are tend to feeling and caring for others' emotions. For example, in the Dominican Republic, we are all a community, a family. So we live with uncles, we live with mom, we live with dad, we live with abuelos, we live with some cousins, or if not, they just, every day they're just there. Like, you know, so we're every, every time, we're, we're all the time together. And it's always, or maybe thinking or saying the same thing. And it's always, you know, mom's cooking, you know, dad is probably, you know, using the, reading the newspaper, even though they all have careers at the end of the day, when they get home, there's this, you know, this thing that you do this and I do this, take care of the kids, do that, you know, it's, it's, and it's just the way that, you know, it is over there. But it is important to listen to ourselves. What are the things we want to do? Um, feel happy. It may not be the best thing in the world, but if it makes you feel happy, go for it. So it's important taking our time and knowing that it's okay. And maybe some family members will be mad. Maybe some of them will want to speak with you for a while because it happened to me. But it's okay. It's going to pass. Because when you feel happy, they're going to notice and then everything is going to, it'll be worth it. But it's very important to take care of our own feelings. Recently, I, I was working with someone that, no, because um, I don't want to hurt my grandfather's feeling because he's very old already. He's forgetting things. And I understand that. And we are taught to take care of our elderly. Yes, it's very important. And we're also taught to respect them all the time. And every time that we're with them, we do, we know, we do talk to them or what they want to talk about or anything like that. But at the end of the day, when we're out of that, we need to do something that it's good for ourselves and taking always care of them as well. But it's just very important because at the end of the day, we're the ones who wake up doing our goals, going to work or studying something that we actually wanted to do. So it's important to listen to ourselves. You dropped, that was a mic drop right there. That was a <laughs> mic drop. I, I feel as though you have found some kind of 
happy medium where mm-hmm. you're living your authentic truth but still mm-hmm. honoring your your very present Dominican roots um, yes which is you know honoring the elderly and doing mm-hmm. which which I yes. admire because me myself I've always done whatever I wanted um mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't really listen to people like you know like my family members are just like, oh, I guess I look at that Ghana. Like, you know, they're like, oh, Hannah does whatever she wants because that's yeah. how I was raised. So to hear, well, my mom raised me that way. Um, mm-hmm. But to hear it coming from you and how you've been able to to find a happy medium is is super like mm-hmm. impressive, and it's, I'm so proud of you. Like I keep saying, it, I'm like, oh my god, it's like she's my little daughter. Yes. She's doing the thing. <laughs> and um, you know what? All of this happened in five years only. I sometimes look back at myself and I feel like this, this has been ages. But no, I, I only moved to Miami five years ago. And I was able to complete the bachelor and complete the master's. And through all that, I was able to also work on the relationship with my grandfather, visit over there. So it was it was completely different. The relationship changed and everything was more happy. You know, but yeah, it's, it's just a, something that happens. But I, it's important that I took care of my feelings and I also took care of their feelings as well. You know... Being misunderstood sometimes comes at a high price, um, mm-hmm. a price I've paid numerous times and I'm still paying it. How can you help our listeners kind of curve that, like, you know, being misunderstood by society? Because I can sit on here for all the episodes in the world and say, you know, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it takes a certain beast, a certain work ethic to actually do what you want. And you're doing mm-hmm. that. So how would you describe how would you give an advice for somebody who right now is like oh no i can't can't do this because my great 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 grandfather will Mm -hmm. be ashamed um so how can you help somebody maybe just come into their truth and and live authentically so something that i did when i first wanted to make this transition i actually got the piece of paper and a pen and put the pros and cons of doing this because i wanted to do it so pros pros of me going um, away and studying what I wanted to do and the cons. And then I know that visual, it's very good. If you write down things on a board, on a piece of paper, it doesn't matter what is the good thing of leaving, what is the bad thing of leaving, is it something I really want to do, is it something I don't want to do? And always, it's very important. If, you have to, if you're surrounded maybe by toxic people, it's important to just let go. As I said before, taking care of our feelings, taking care of our own values, choosing what we want to do even though maybe people that are around us are telling us not to. It's important to listen to ourselves, commit to what we want to do, and then because your family members are very close friends, we can bring them back to our circle. But when we know how to accept and not accept emotions that affect us. And I know it's it, it might sound easy how I'm saying it because I know it's really hard. I'm not going to say that how my, my experience wasn't hard because it was. I still go back home and we still talk about it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm so sorry all of this happened. And he just looks at me and he says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything that you accomplished. And that just for me is like, you know, the cherry on top. That's all I needed. And that's all because I listened to myself was that tiny bit selfish and took care of my needs and what I wanted to do to be able to succeed in the future. But all the time, as I mentioned, honoring them and their values and respecting them. And it's so important how at the end, they valued my own um, decisions and were proud of me. So that's the most important thing someone has to do. List what's good and what's bad of, of, of that. Look for those people that surround you that are positive and, and will help you. And most important, just take the time for yourself. Sit down, look at yourself in a mirror. 
Just talk, talk to yourself. Just listening to what your needs are and what you want to do is going to help you. I promise. But I can't tell you someone's going to give you that advice or, or over there or over here. No, it's something that we have to make the decision because I promise you it might hurt for a while, but family members and friends will follow you and will be proud of you at the end. You touched a nerve on me. (laughs) (laughs) I have one even just remembering all of this, to be honest. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to call my grandfather. (laughs) I'm so, oh man, you, you did, you did a number on me right there. Um, Because (laughs) at the end of it all, when you do it your way, when you follow what you want, Mm -hmm. the universe, everyone will bow at you because they're going to be like, you know what? I didn't think you can do it, but you proved me wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And and not to say that, you know, we should be doing things because we want to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, there's a certain that you get when you're like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. know what? I did it because I said I was going to do it and you better believe Mm -hmm. my word, Um, which is which is what you said. And like you're I I can't even wait to see what you're going to be doing in 10 years. Like you're going to be like one of the world. (laughs) What's what's that psychologist in Dominican Janice Santaya, whatever. Watch out, like, always <laughs> coming, like, you're nothing right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Back in Dominican Republic, they need a lot about, in, you know, in public mental health as well. Because I was able to volunteer when I was back there, when I was studying medicine, you know, with the population. But my that's one of my, my future goals, for sure, go back home and, and help in the mental health field, too. How has being an entrepreneur shaped you? Because you have your own practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're you're virtually training people like not training, you're virtually helping mm-hmm. people um, and then they're coming into your office. Mm-hmm. How has entrepreneurship changed the way you you live? Um, because I find that it's so glamorized. And I think personally, yes, I'm proud that you have a business. But one mm-hmm. thing is opening a business and another thing is keeping it. Mm-hmm. So how has how has entrepreneurship changed you? Well, it's changed me a lot. It's, it's, um, I value each person that shares with me or in the office or not anything, you know, that has to do with their mental health. I, I share that, I cherish that a lot. Um, every type of, you know, little trainings that I can do. It was at the beginning, it was hard balancing, you know, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's the email, that's a website, you know, there's so many different ways of marketing. And that was a little bit overwhelming as well. But I always knew that the point that I wanted to be in private practice is to be able to help others in that one-on-one. Because working for an agency is very different. You know, you're, you have like a billion bosses, for example. They tell you maybe what techniques to use, but then you know that this technique might feel feel better. But I like to have, you know, that's it's a more of a one-to-one, you know, there's this, you know, this... Um, it's important so they understand that they're being taken care of, of their feelings. So it's changed to me a lot. You know, I've I've daily been researching different things. You know, um, I love working on my Instagram. That's something that gets me connected with a lot of different therapists and as well um, other people that like what I do. You know, that say that they're it's very motivational, inspiring me. And that's what makes me that's what makes me happy. This is what I did private practice for, so I can have that one on one with people shares their emotions, learn from them, because I learn from each and every one of them. And maintaining the business, mm, I guess because I have like a great team, it hasn't been hard. And I just wake up every day excited to see what other emotions, what other feelings, what other circumstances, good or bad, I'm going to learn from someone and help them achieve their goals for tomorrow and you feel proud. 
it's it's exciting how I can see maybe someone coming in very sad and how they leave with this huge smile. Because it's funny, I end up my sessions with a smile, like beginning and ending, just because they're there. And I acknowledge that, you know, you're here and that's important. You're taking care of yourself. And that's what me would bring that what fills me a lot that I'm able to help others. Well, I find that you're you're aligned with the, your, the work that you're doing so perfectly that it probably will never feel like work to you. Mm-hmm. It it's just it's so beautiful to yeah. hear you really. Yeah, I I, I can't complain. I, I really do enjoy it. Hmm. This mm-hmm. is fun. This is fun. <laughs> we have to meet one of these days. Yes, yes. I'm wait, can't wait for you to go to Miami or I can go to Toronto or Canada. Yes, Canada too. I went there in 2008, I think, and it was beautiful. I had a very good time. I love the coffee. I got. I think it's called Tim Hortons. Oh my God, really? Yes. It's wow. That coffee was delicious. They had donuts. Those places was delicious. Everybody I that it. I talk to always talks about Tim Hortons, and mm-hmm. my like Daniel, my husband, he loves mm-hmm. Tim Hortons. But I find that there's <laughs> yeah, it's like his name. Like they they call him like Mr. Tim Hortons, like my, my family members. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. Shout out to Daniel. And he, I think that there's independent coffee shops that are killing it. But um, mm-hmm. that's just me, and I'm not a coffee drinker. And when I drink my coffee, it has to be black with no sugar, nothing. Just oh my black. god, que dominicana! No, 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 no. <laughs> that's how like everyone in my family sees me. And you 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 see me here like using Splendor, Truvia, like yeah, two, maybe three, because <laughs> I like it sweet. But a lot of Dominicans like their coffee like black. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. we gotta enjoy it. I don't. Yeah. I very rarely drink it, but when mm-hmm. I do, I want it to be a strong cup of yeah. black. Like, you yes, know, you want to feel like the the coffee, el, el, el grano del café, como dicen. Yeah, you know, yeah. the coffee mm-hmm. grains. Like, I want to feel that. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of espressos, um, mm-hmm. with with no sugar. Like, I'm a I'm a fan of espressos. Mm-hmm. I like a good cappuccino, but I like it with soy milk. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a little yeah. <laughs> But um no definitely I owe you a cup of I owe you a cup of coffee. Yes, yes. And um we'll definitely we will definitely have this one day. Yes, I okay. have to ask you so online I mm-hmm. have this one day challenge. So you know how um I, Demi Lovato in the Super Bowl she 10 years ago on Twitter said one day mm-hmm. I'm going to sing in the Super Bowl. Yes, so, that was beautiful her performance. Wasn't it so I was like oh my so, God. it was it was amazing. My husband was too was like wow. She killed it. It was a very nice. Because she wanted it. She wanted it for the mm-hmm. last 10 years. And, you know, when you finally yeah. get to your goal, you're going to give it. Because you notice that she, there was a Twitter that she posted. And then it, they were just showing it. Like, oh, 10 years ago, she she posted it on Twitter. And I was like, wow. And look at her now. Anything can change. Like, I, mm-hmm. I keep telling people this. And nobody pays attention to me when I say it. But you can literally do absolutely anything that you want. But it takes time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen in 90 day, like 90 day fiance. Yep. It's going to mm-hmm. take years and years. And then one day you're going to turn around and look back and you'll be like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. I did the thing. But, you know, you just have to keep at it. And I, I've, you know, interviewed and I've met so many people that say, you know, just when I was about to quit, like just when I was about to throw in the towel, something magnificent happened. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I'm a firm believer that if you want to do something, you keep pursuing it day in and day out. Um, like it's your last day and it will, it will prevail. It will manifest like it, it's, it's going to happen, but you just mm-hmm. got to work. You have to work like the, yes. the work doesn't get done for you. But 
Mm-hmm. What is your one date? Like, what is your, like, for me, it's to, there's a place called the Scotiabank Arena here in Toronto, mm-hmm. and it holds 19,800 people, and I want to wow. fill it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, what's your one day goal? Well, my one day goal is, as I mentioned before, I really want to go back to Dominican Republic and, and be able to do my private practice there as well and help. That's when one of my, because when I left Dominican Republic, I was like, but I still want to help here. And that has been one of my goals. I actually don't share it a lot, that goal, because I'm still working in, you know, my, my private practice here. And people say, well, maybe you should think of goals of working what you're doing right now. But I'm like, is that, that one's just in my heart. I do want to go back and I do want to have my own private practice there as well and be able to help the community. So that that's one of like my biggest and like biggest and like very secret goal. That's not going to be secret anymore, but yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm that's like, now all the <laughs> Yeah. But I'm, yeah, that's a huge one for me. You know what? Now that you've said, the reason why I ask people this is because now you've said it out loud and it's out in the mm-hmm. universe and you never yeah. know who's listening to you that might be like, hey, you know, I got a couple grand sitting in my bank account right now and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Here, let me give yeah. it to Paola so she can do her yeah. dream. And um, <laughs> I take a cut. You know, you just never know who's yeah. truly listening to you. So when you do put this this practice up in the Dominican, I'm definitely mm-hmm. coming over. And thank you, thank you. <laughs> I can sit there and be like, please, Paola, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, my yeah, yeah. is like, I don't even know what's happening there anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the good thing about therapy. You go to therapy if you feel bad, if you feel maybe too much joy and you maybe don't know where that joy is coming from. You know, just going to therapy is having a safe safe space where someone's going to listen to you and to your thoughts. And you're just going to be able to come up with different, different, you know, ideas and solutions to any type of problem that you may have. So that's why I I, I like it too much. And I like to be an advocate for mental health because, you know, there's sometimes a stigma to what mental health and going to therapy is. And then that's why I want to share and, and help others. You know, I think that the stigma, though, mm-hmm. has gotten better. Um, Oof, yes. Because it's like, you know, we have people like you having your, yeah. your own private practices. We have podcasts. We have social media mm-hmm. that really highlights it. So I, I really do think it's a good time for it. It's not like, yes. um, you know, in the 80s where, you mm-hmm. know, depression no, yeah, was, for sure, for sure. You, you, what did mm-hmm. they give you? Prozac? And then, you know, they, they mm-hmm. sent you on your way. So, yeah. yeah. Now there's so much information and so much help and aid that people can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that is super cool. So if somebody is feeling mm-hmm. away and they want to talk to you, where can they find you? What's your social media handles? Um, so then anybody that's listening can get in touch with you. Yes. So my Instagram is at Perception by Paola. Right there in my link, um, you can find my website as well, a 15-minute free phone consultation I also offer. Um, as well, yeah, you can see my email, paola at perceptive-counseling.com. And if you have any questions, you know, you can just contact me and I'm more than happy to help. I love that. I want to thank you <laughs> so, so much for being on. I know that so many people are going to benefit from your story of how you broke the mold of your practice mm-hmm. of who you work with. And, you know, if anybody's listening in Miami right now, definitely hit her up. Mm-hmm. She is a real gem to speak with. And you guys know already, I don't like having guests that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Hannah. It's been a pleasure for me to be able to share this with you. This is going to be fun. And as always, this is your favorite podcast host, Advice from Hannah, coming at you from the closet in my room in Toronto. <laughs> Sending you off with lots of love. Toodles. Baby. I loved it because the questions and the conversation was was my life. It wasn't something an everyday thing, you know, no fue nada nuevo. It was just myself. And this was actually the best way for me to end my day, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. No, you know, you touched yes. a nerve. Um, you touched a lot of nerves on me.